1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Jacobs. T.J. Inman will be along here shortly. We are breaking down Indiana's trip to the Big House against Michigan on Saturday. Kickoff is at 3.30. Game will be broadcast on uh, ESPN, uh, and so check your local listings for ESPN. Uh, Michigan comes in, uh, you know, after a loss last week at Iowa, Uh, But they did not uh, fall in the college football playoff rankings because of all the craziness last week. They still come in at number three uh, in the college football playoff rankings and fourth in the AP and coaches polls. Uh, TJ, uh, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, Sammy. Yes, uh, going to be a bit of a challenge this week, to say the least, but um, the... I'm not going to complain. We're, we're nearing, unfortunately, the end of the regular season, so any IU game is still a still a game to look forward to.
1: Yeah, that's right. The season has flown by. IU is sitting at five and five, uh, three and four in the Big Ten, um, and we'll uh, we'll see where they go from here. But the big news coming out of Ann Arbor, uh, which Jim Harbaugh has not confirmed, but uh, in MGo blog a report that said that Wilton Spate will be out for the remainder of at least the regular season with a broken collarbone. I was watching uh, highlights from the the, uh, Iowa game. He did finish the game, and it looks to be his non-throwing shoulder if that's what the injury is, um, and he would be out. And John O'Corn would probably be the starter, but we don't know. Michigan does not release uh, release a depth chart, um, as we famously found out uh, when you know, Colorado named Elmer Fudd their starting quarterback. Uh, but we'll see what goes what goes on there. I, you know, I, I've been trying to watch as much Michigan uh, film as possible with O'Corn in. Uh, I thought he was going to be the starter coming into the season. You know, he had a, a decent career at Houston before he lost the job uh, because he was he just, you know, his completion percentage fell from 58 to 52. He threw a lot of interceptions during his sophomore season. So we'll we'll see what, how that goes from there. But um, the report from Go Blog is that Wilton Spate is out, um, and Jim Harbaugh is calling him a game-time uh, decision, so we'll see where that goes. TJ, what are your initial thoughts uh, for Saturday?
0: The the Wilton Spade news is obviously going to add a layer of complexity to this game uh, because we do not have any true recent data on John O'Corn. We don't have any visual evidence of the kind of player that he is now. I think it's safe to say that uh, you know, a couple of years under Jim Harbaugh in a practice setting is going to improve you as a player. So it's not gonna be indicative of the type of performance he's capable of giving uh by just looking at what he did at Houston. So, um it's gonna be very interesting to see number one, how John O'Corn responds to his first start uh, since twenty fourteen and Number two, uh, to see just the type of offense that that Michigan's going to tailor around him, Uh, it is going to change their game plan somewhat, and there is a reason he was the backup. But I don't envision this being a huge drop-off in quarterback play for them. Uh, I I think that you'll continue to see them uh, maybe they attempt to – run the ball a little bit more than they would have otherwise. I think the biggest adjustment might be more shorter throws. Maybe you target Jake Butt more uh, than maybe they had originally done, which I think they would have targeted him quite a bit this Saturday anyway. Um, I think that they will take kind of the success that Mike Gosicki had for Penn State last week and, use that as a positive indicator that can have some success against Indiana, which he has had in the past. Um, yeah, so maybe you'll see some of that. Maybe you'll see some shorter routes for Darbo and Cheston as opposed to a lot of deep throws. Um, just early on, to get try to get O'Corn acclimated into the game. Uh, so I think that's kind of the initial thought that I have is that it's not going to be a big drop-off, but maybe a little tweak in the game plan to try and get him acclimated early, which you wouldn't have to do uh, with Wilton Spate, obviously, because he's already in the rhythm of the season, where John O'Corn is not. Uh, he's get, had very limited numbers. His numbers so far this year are good, but it's been in garbage time and um, very, very small sample size. So we, it's an unknown uh, for the IU coaching staff. I'm sure they're doing everything they can to find out uh what to expect from John O'Korn but it's it's going to be like I said you you it's not fair or smart to go back and look at what he did at Houston and say okay well yeah this is what we can game plan for because uh, so much is obviously different between playing with Houston in 2014 and playing for Michigan now and and you know the second to last game of the regular season in 2016 so That'll be the the most important, uh, the most intriguing thing when Michigan has the ball is uh, how does John O'Corn mentally, how much, how ready can he be for this game, and then physically where's he at talent-wise, and what is their scheme going to look like offensively when they take on the Hoosiers? I mean, they have, uh, by most offensive measures, the second uh, best offense in the Big Ten, but I guess maybe they've fallen to third now after that Iowa game, but um, one of the top three there in the there. conference. Okay, second, yeah. So behind yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, they're second, I, and
1: I think they're still sixth in the country uh, as well. And yeah, this
0: I don't, offense is no joke. Them, no, it's not a joke at all. It's a very good offense, but I I don't view it as – I I don't personally view them as having the sixth best offense in the country. I can think of at least 10 right now that I I would have much more fear going up against than than Michigan's offense. I I think that they do a very nice job. I think they have a good offense. I don't view it as a great offense or one of the 10 best in the country. Tell me otherwise. But I think that those numbers are inflated uh, by a number of just, you know, beatdowns that they've given to opponents like Rutgers, like Maryland, uh, really the majority of the teams that they've played, they've been able to overwhelm them. But I think when you look at them go against competent, def- excuse me, competent defenses, uh, the numbers have not been as overwhelming. And I think you see them fall back to kind of a more reasonable output for a good offense as opposed to just a a dominant one. That's my feeling anyway. I think that their defense is the strength of that team, and I don't think it's even close between the two units. Although statistically it would indicate that they are top ten in both. I think their defense is legitimately one of the two or three best in the country, while the offense, I don't view it as being one of the best ten in the country. Yeah,
1: against your point against better defenses. Against Wisconsin, they scored 14 points. They missed a ton of field goals that that game, and we'll get to that uh, here in a little bit. Michigan State they put up 32, and two of those came on a disaster of a uh, two point conversion play by Michigan State, and then they put up 13 against Iowa. So against quality opponents, I mean, they dropped 45 on Colorado. Uh, but Colorado is not a great defensive team. Uh, they they are a top ten team, but they're not a great defensive team. Uh, and, and so we'll see. To me, the the offense it's it's a running back by committee. It's led by uh, Devion Smith, um, who has 592 yards and eight scores. Uh, and, and then um, Chris, uh, Chris Evans is their kind of um, change of pace back. He's very fast could get into open space. Has had a lot of long runs this year. And then, of course, you have to be wary of where they're going to use uh, Jabril Peppers, either as a Wildcat quarterback, receiver, running back, uh, because he could score from anywhere on the field. And and he's just amazing to watch. And I know some people say he's overrated. You know, he doesn't have an interception. um, But, you know, the kid can play. He's fast. He's big. He's smart. um, And and IU's going to, you know, we'll see if – if O'Korn struggles, you might see you know Jabril Peppers try and and spark that offense as the Wildcat quarterback, and and then don't be surprised yeah. if you if you see Shane Morris in there as well. He's been splitting garbage time with John O'Korn, you know, lefty quarterback. So they'll want to uh, you know keep a, a short leash on O'Korn, maybe get both of those guys ready. They are playing Ohio State next week. This is not mm-hmm. a you know, they're still in the playoff hunt. And the playoff hunt is very – it's messy still. And if Michigan could go and and put up 60, you know, 50, 60 points on somebody, they will. So I, I could see them breaking out a few, you know, trick plays, put it on tape for Ohio State next week. But you're right, TJ, this defense is outstanding. Uh, you know, and, and one of the guys who gets buried is Jordan Lewis, the All-American corner You know, we talk about their defensive line and Taco Charlton and and those guys, Jabril Peppers and and Ben Gideon. Um, But Jordan Lewis might be their best defensive player outside of Jabril Peppers in coverage and and will make it a hard day for Indiana's receivers. So this defense is is very, very good. The most points they've given up in a game, uh, I believe is 28 to Colorado. Um, Yes. You know, they're giving up just 11 points per game, 244 yards total offense, 113 on the ground. So, I use offense is going to have to get creative. Uh, it's going to have to pull something out, you know, out of a hat a little bit. And and then you have to factor in the weather. Um, it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. Uh, the forecast is for 18-mile-an-hour winds with gusts up to 30 and a little bit of rain and snow in there. So, it's going to be... These are conditions that Richard Lego has not played in. I, I don't think he's played in the snow. Maybe when he was, you know, committed to UConn in, in practice, but that was such a long time ago that he's been playing most of his ball in the south, uh, southwest, in Texas and Texas and climates like that. So we'll see how the IU offense deals with the weather, deals with a stout defense like this, and, and can get some positive momentum. Uh, going into the final week of the season uh it's going to be tough sledding it's just you know it's a game that could turn ugly uh but it it might not you know Indiana's defense can stop this offense the um the the running game is running back by committee it's not terribly scary uh but you got to you got to make it uncomfortable for whoever's playing quarterback and if they played the run game like they did against Saquon Barkley, they'll have a shot.
0: Yeah, the, the run game defense was tremendous against Penn State. Uh, we talked about that in the post game, and it was—I mean—it continues to be really impressive when you look back at the numbers. Um, yeah, you mentioned a couple of their tailbacks, and it—it it really is going to be a long list of guys to get carries on Saturday. Michigan uh, rotates that backfield like crazy. It's—it's going to be. You know, the guys you mentioned, Devion Smith, Chris Evans. Um, Evans is averaging 7.8 yards a carry. Devion Smith gets the most carries and even almost 5s so of 4.9. Uh, Karan Higdon, Ty Isaac, Jabril Pepl- Peppers will get some carries. Uh, surprisingly, they're, they're the guy that has the team-high yards per carry is a player by the name of Eddie McDoom. Which that's a tremendous name, Eddie awesome. McDoom.
1: all-time yeah.
0: greatest, like one of the greatest football.
1: Yeah, I've been watching the the games, and they said if you, if you made a movie and like the bad team had a guy who is named McDoom, you would be like, that's what that's corny. Yeah. Like, that's an awesome football name.
0: Yeah, he's averaging 10.3 yards a carry. It's only like on 20, 21 carries, but um, you know he might might get a few as well. So it's going to be important to not get worn down by those fresh legs because that's, that's kind of – I mean, they're all fairly similar. Chris Evans is the fastest of the bunch, at least on – I don't know what their 40 times are, but on, on film, on, on TV, it looks like he's the fastest of the bunch. Devion Smith is kind of the bruiser. Uh, Ty Isaac appears to be sort of an all-around back. Karan Higdon a little bit bigger. Um and then Eddie McDoom is uh very limited film on him, but then Jabril Peppers uh is the best athlete of the group and really just a game changer for them uh, in multiple facets, which we'll talk about the kind of the special teams impact he could have later. Um but you know, the 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 scariest part of this offense for me is the memories that we still have of what uh, Michigan's big receivers did to IU secondary last year and how the Hoosiers have played this year, improvement on defense. I mean, that that speaks very positively to what they can do differently this time around. I'm sure that they remember uh, the performance that Darbo and Chesson and Jake Butt had against them last year uh, multiple times that IU was close to breaking through and getting that win, but every time they had a chance, these Michigan receivers made a play over uh, Indiana's undersized secondary last year, and that I do not expect that to happen again. I think the secondary took it personally uh, all offseason season to improve. The defense took it personally, and they have to the most improved unit in the country. Um, and it, it'll—I think it'll just be a another good I'm not going to say that oh we'll see how far they've come no that's crap we know how far they've come they've come an incredibly long way one game is not going to change that but I think it'll be another data point that'll say look this is what these guys were able to do to us last year they are supposedly even better this year let's show them how much better we are as a secondary and how much we've improved and then we're not just going to get pushed around because of you know, how much size and skill Darbo and Chesson and Jake Butt have. They are three tremendous players and uh, very scary for a secondary to go up against them. You know, they are going to be working with uh, a new quarterback. So the timing there is going to be a little bit different for them. Um, you know, you have to assume that Wilton Spade was getting the large chunk of first team reps for the entire season. So it's going to be a little bit different timing there. It's going to be a little bit different cadence. Uh, and that'll throw you off maybe just a tad bit. Plus, I just think Indiana's secondary and their scheme and the confidence they're playing with, they're in so much of a different spot than they were last year against Michigan, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch is, is how that trio of pass catchers does against Indiana's secondary this time around. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that that battle uh, kind of within matchup within the game, uh, and i Michigan's going to score. Uh, that's that's It's going to happen. They're going to put up some points. They've been flat-out dominant at home. Uh, let's see, it's 322 to 73 on the year at home in seven home games. The average margin of victory, 35.57 points per game. So, So you know, they're winning their home games by an average of 35 points a game. Colorado challenged them. But you know that they were never a true threat to win that game, uh, and then Wisconsin—they were until their uh, starting quarterback a, hurt. No, yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. But that was in that was in the third quarter, and and Michigan had a double digit lead for the entire fourth quarter. So I I was watching that game. I, I never felt like Colorado was going to win it, and then Wisconsin gave them their their best game, and Michigan really played very sloppy and, and gave Wisconsin a chance due to multiple special teams miscues, but Wisconsin never looked like they were going to be able to score more than the seven points that they did, so those were their two closest home games uh, and they've kind of waxed everyone else at home. Now on the road, it's not near as pretty of a picture, but this game is played well in Ann Arbor. It, IU has not won there since 1967, so it's been It's been a very tough place for pretty much everybody to play Indiana particularly included, so uh I'm anxious to see how Indiana responds to that gigantic atmosphere um, we know that Indiana's not scared to play another great team. It's the fourth top ten team they've played, which is the most in program history. I used used to playing this type of opponent and this quality of opponent they're not going to be scared by that. They're not going to be scared by the atmosphere and not winning there. Since no, it comes with playing in the big 10. It's yeah.
1: It's this they, don't, group they don't care of about that Yeah. They, they, they've played at the big house three of the last four seasons. Um, they don't, you know, it, it's, it's just another game. And, and to be honest, the big house, it's not as loud as Ohio state and and, and Penn state, just because they're, they're so spread out. So yeah. in, in honesty, it's, it's probably the least intimidating crowd of those three based on crowd noise. Now, you know, they'll, they'll be fired up and they'll continue that streak of having over a hundred thousand, thousand people there, but it's not like you're going into, to, um, Beaver stadium at night, uh, or the shoe at night, uh, or even, you know, traveling to a place as loud as, as Oregon and stuff like that. But, uh, one more guy I, I do want to, uh, Point out is uh is the touchdown vulture for michigan Khalid hill he has uh twenty two carries on the year for thirty six yards and nine touchdowns uh, so you know if there were fantasy football for for college um uh, he he'd be the guy that you know you'd be cursing if the your opponent had while well, you had um the other michigan running back so uh he's the guy who's he's i think they list him at two hundred and seventy pounds. He's the fullback. He wears number 80. Uh, He'll come in in goal line situations and just get two or three yards um, in there. So uh, that's a guy that that IU fans need to keep their eyes on as well. But let's get to some special teams. Since this has been a factor for IU all year, uh, it came down to it the last couple games where, you know, mishaps put the game either – in doubt, or, or gave uh, gave IU fit So, first of all, Jabril Peppers is the best punch returner in the nation. Uh, watching games, I'm, I'm up through the, the Rutgers games, he's had five or six punt returns that should have been touchdowns that were, you know, he either got tripped up inside the 10-yard line uh, by the turf monster or the punter, you know, put his arm out and tripped him up or there was a block in the back somewhere 15 yards behind the play that had no bearing on it. So he's averaging 17.2 yards, um, a a punt return on, on 16 returns. Why anybody would punt to this kid is beyond me. Uh, He's, he's as dynamic as, as Reggie Bush was um, where he, he can make one, one guy miss and, and he's gone. And he, his stride length is, is so long and he's so fast. Uh, he's, I mean, it, if IU punts in, they're in trouble. I, it, it's you, you saw a little bit of of that last week with with Penn State's returner where he made some guys miss, but IU yeah. rallied. But if 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 you miss your pearl peppers, he's going to be standing in that end zone uh, with six points. So, uh, you know, he he returns kicks as well, and he, he's averaging uh, 24.8 yards per kick return as well. So that is is going to be huge, getting good punts off. If you have to sacrifice five or six yards of distance to punt it out of bounds, do that. And then, of course, all the questions with Griffin Oaks, does he still have the leg to um, to boot it out of the end zone? Is that quad injury still lingering? You know, it's, Wilson hasn't given a clear answer on that. You know, he, he said one week he's healthy again. The other week he's been dealing with a, a, a slight quad pull. So getting touchbacks and, and not letting uh, Peppers or Jordan Lewis, who's their other kick returner, uh, get get their hands on the ball is, is going to be huge. And then, of course, uh, field goal uh, execution. This is a team giving up 11 points per game. So you're going to have to take the points where you could get them and that means you know if you have to kick 40 yard 40 you know between 40 and 50 yard field goals maybe maybe 50 yards is going to be out of of the question with the wind and and um a potential wet weather but you got to uh you, you got to get them somewhere so you know with the switch at holder with Mitchell Page, it looks like Griffin Oaks is more comfortable. He connected on all his extra points, and then the 47-yard field goal. So he looks to be back on track. And then Michigan's kicker kind of went through the same thing that Griffin Oaks has has uh, gone through as well. Yeah, um, Kenny Allen. He's also their punter. He's 12 of 16 on the year, but he went he went through a streak where he missed two against uh, Colorado. He missed two. Against Wisconsin before being replaced by um, by the backup kicker Tice, who missed it, but he's now hit uh, eight 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 in a row. Uh, his, his long is 51. So, seeing how the field goal uh, kickers perform is, is going to be huge. Either way, you know if Michigan misses a field goal, IU could, could capitalize on that, and vice versa. So that's going to be a big momentum swing uh, for for either team if they can't execute uh, on on the field goal unit.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm, and that falls in line with with turnovers as well, which have been such a huge problem here in the past cups. Uh, you know, Michigan is good enough, and it's going to be a tough enough task to stay in this game without giving them help by missing field goals uh, by having you know, poor kickoffs or poor punts. And, and rest assured, IU fans, you know, if we know these things, the coaching staff knows these things. They know how dangerous Jibril Peppers is. And I would bet a lot of money that, you know, they are letting the players know, Joseph Gideon, Griffin Oaks, the coverage units, look, we cannot let this guy beat us on special teams. Don't give him the chance. So it's up to the players to execute that, which is going to require good directional punting. It is going to require uh, smart coverage, disciplined coverage, and it is going to require, hopefully, a strong leg from Griffin Oaks to put it out of the back of the end zone, you know, hopefully a lot of times. You know, I, I hope that there are a lot of kickoffs, but you will see. But when those kickoffs do come, it's going to require getting that ball into the end zone for a touchback. Uh, and then not missing the field goals to give up points, not turning the ball over. Uh, Michigan is is not excellent at creating turnovers. They've created 16 this year. So that's not outstanding. It's pretty good. Um, But they will certainly, if you give them an opportunity by putting the ball on the turf or by, uh, you know, giving this secondary a chance to make a play on the ball, they've they've got – Pretty good pretty good secondary, to say the least. Uh, you know, they've got, uh, like you said, Jordan Lewis. Uh, Channing Stribling's had a nice year. He was kind of a question mark coming into it. He's had a nice year. Delano Hill is good. Jabril Peppers, obviously, whenever he does line up back there in the secondary, he's good when he lines up at linebacker. He's excellent at creating uh, negative plays. Yeah, right any, any time when you
1: have a defensive player up for the Heisman Trophy, it's he's a special player um yeah. and yeah, so you'll see
0: yep.
1: yeah you'll see number 5 play multiple positions on defense and and that's uh, you know that's the special thing about this Michigan defense they they brought in uh Don Brown from BC he's nicknamed Dr. Blitz so you're going to see a lot of pressure especially yeah. from uh Jabril Peppers
0: and and you can use that against them they're a very aggressive defense which is fun to watch if you're not the offense going up, uh, but if you're a Michigan fan, it's really fun to watch. They're very aggressive. They they fly to the ball, pursue well. They tackle well. Um, but that aggressiveness can be used against them. They have given up some big plays. Uh, so there will be some big plays there to be had. The question is whether or not the Indiana offense, which has been a little bit off, but... As I think Richard Legault has played his best two games of his IU career here in the past two, yes, I know there have been, you know, interceptions
1: I would even say well. the last three. Two. He was good against That's Maryland, yeah.
0: too. Yeah, he was, yeah. Very efficient against Maryland and then against, uh, against Rutgers. I know he had the two picks and back-to-back throws, but other than those two plays, had a very nice day. And I, I thought, you know, you just cannot blame him for the the Penn State game he missed a throw or two uh no doubt about that but overall he had a very nice day against Penn State and the turnovers were not on him maybe that fumble with the exchange with Williams is on him I I don't know Uh, I watched it a few times and I'm not sure if it was on him or Williams uh we'll call a half turnover for each so say he gets a half a fumble um Obviously, and then the sack staff, fumble at the but...
1: end, which is just a tough play. So I mean, he, yeah. he's yeah. he's throwing the ball wet, better, which is what they need. Um, it, it'll be uh, a, a tough task to to keep pressure off of him. And Michigan yeah. does give up big plays. I was watching the Wisconsin game last night. There were a couple plays where Wisconsin had guys wide open downfield, and, yep. and Morningbrook, who's a true freshman, missed them. And, and those yep. are the plays that IU is going to have to hit. Uh, their receivers, you know, now that Camion Patrick's coming on and and being used in the deep game, the receivers are going to have to make those competitive plays. uh, And and then you could use Mitchell Page to to go underneath. And, you know, especially if you hit some of those deeper passes, if he's underneath, maybe with a tight end um, down there, you could start picking apart uh, Michigan's defense. And then, you know, they might be able to run the ball well with they, they've they been blocking better. They they ran against the tough Penn state front as well. So I don't think divine Redding is, is going to go for like 300 yards, but he could be, you know, give you a very um, hard-earned, you know, 85 to a hundred yards, which will keep the defense honest. Uh, he's 99 yards away from a thousand. So it'd be nice for him to pick it up before the Purdue game. Uh, but you know they could use that to set up the pass and then just make plays downfield uh you can't yeah. if you're open lego has to make a good throw and then receivers gotta have to catch the ball and and, and not yep. miss time dumps not drop the ball and not let um you know win those 50-50 plays that we saw Penn State's receivers uh win it, you know late in the second half uh, against i u so it it'll be tough sledding, but there are there are plays. This isn't, you know, a brick wall you're playing against. They they they've been beat. Um, they, they've given up some points. It's a it's a human defense. So, uh, and Kevin Wilson is a pretty good offensive mind who could. They they put up points against this team last year, and I know it's a different offensive line, but they dominated them on the ground. Um, so we'll see what they do there.
0: Yeah, I, this Michigan defense is better than what they had last year. Um, but yeah, that that success that you had, uh, you can you can use that and have some confidence. And you know, you know, I, I, you can say that they've performed well against these top-ranked teams. They're uh, unable to beat them, and that's a frustrating point. But I think it's fair to say that they have not embarrassed themselves when they've taken on a uh, good competition. I, I think we'll be able to say the same thing on Saturday, which doesn't count for anything truly, but I, I think it's a, a good, I mean, I, I would much rather play a competitive game than, than go out there and, you know, get your head handed to you. Um, and I, I know that that. I mean, most, most importantly, it's going to be like the Ohio
1: State game, and we've texted with each other, is, play well, fix the things that, that you need to be fixed um, before going to Purdue, you know, fix the turnover yep. issues, you know, clean up the the punt game, clean up special teams, get Lego into a rhythm, and then just get out of there healthy. You know, if yep. if you win, there'd be a stark win. But most likely they, they were, before the spade injury, they were 28-and-a-half point underdogs. If you could play yep. well, even if you lose – uh, just get out of there healthy, go into Purdue with some momentum, and then go get that sixth win uh, Thanksgiving weekend and, and think about where your bowl destination is going to be. Other than that, you know, if, if they continue, I, I would feel worse if they, you know, get blown out, have five or six turnovers. Uh, right. And, and, you know, Lego gets his ankle turned or, you know, somebody get somebody important gets hurt or, or something like that. So, uh, to me, just just get out of there healthy. Get out of there playing good football like you did against Ohio State. That'll give you some confidence uh, that you could finish the season strong against Purdue. Now, I'm not saying go in there and and, and you know just hey, we're just going to hand the ball off five or six times, you know, or whatever you know, play three three yards in a cloud of dust and and just get out of there do some things and and play well that way. So, but I I bet that the game plan is going to be much like the games against Michigan state and Ohio state where they're going to play to get to the fourth quarter. It's going to probably be a little bit more conservative, especially with the weather. Is that what you, what you think that the game plan is going to be?
0: Yeah. Yes, I do. And I, I, I don't disagree with it at all because, um, I, I think that if you attempt to be overly aggressive, number one, you've been mistake-prone, and being overly aggressive certainly won't help that. Uh, and number two, I think that you would play right into Michigan's hands by allowing their, their pressure defense to really get going. If they can get you behind sequence to where you are in obvious passing situations, third and long, uh, you're in big-time trouble against this defense uh, because they have a very good secondary that's capable of covering guys man-to-man, one-on-one, so they don't have any qualms about sending pressure uh, when they know you're going to be passing. So um, I think that that's going to be what Indiana's coaches attempt to do is to play this one. Uh, you know, you'll, they'll they'll take their shots, but I think it's going to be attempting to control the game uh, with a, a good run game, not make rash decisions, and, and be aggressive in kind of 50-50 calls on field goals or punts or go for it on fourth. I think they're going to be conservative in that in that uh, in those situations, and, and like you said, try to get us to the fourth quarter, uh, giving yourself a shot. And I, I know some people will uh, criticize that if it doesn't go that way, and say that Indiana played. Um, you know, played not to lose as opposed to play to win, and I, I don't really see the difference between the two. I, I, that's a, an argument that I just don't understand from people. Um, but I do think you're going to see, kind of a the same type of game plan mentality you saw, uh, earlier in the season against Ohio State, Nebraska, and. Um, I think that it will succeed in getting Indiana uh, closer than what people think the game is going to be, but I don't think it will necessarily be because of the game plan. I think it will be because Indiana is, a, a a I think, a solid football team, definitely flaws, but a, a solid football team with a pretty good talent level uh, and a defense that is, I think it's a lot more realized. I think there's still the perception that, uh, you know, people are waiting for the shoot, the other shoe to drop on this Indiana defense and then to kind of, you know, return back to the, the pumpkin that they were uh previously. But I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I think Indiana's defense will keep the Michigan offense uh in check. I don't think they'll score thirteen like Iowa had them doing, but I, I think something around you know, thirty one, thirty four points, something like that is what I would expect. And then I think Indiana's gonna get somewhere around fourteen to seventeen, maybe up to twenty one, and keep it within a couple of possession game until late and uh and have Michigan fans a tad bit worried about about whether or not they'll pull it out. Uh I don't think there'll only be any probably no point in the game where you know, we're really feeling confident about things. There'll be a a pretty competitive game on Saturday, and I think we will come out of it, assuming everybody can stay healthy, uh, feeling good about things, going to the bucket game, which if IU needs that sixth win, if we don't pull off the shocker on Saturday, yes, that'll be a nerve-wracking game, regardless of how we feel going into it. But we'll worry about that next week. Yeah,
1: we'll worry about Purdue next week. We'll have the the bucket game uh, covered. Uh, going into Thanksgiving, but you know, let, let's get into some some predictions here, TJ. Uh, the weather is, I mean, it, it, look, I like snow. This is the worst possible weather. It's going to be in the high 30s, low 40s, and raining. Um, so it, it's the wind is going to be whipping. So you know that that's going to be a factor in in terms of um, where they're going to kick. You know makes the coin toss that much more important and and we'll see how it plays out. But what's your uh, official prediction for the game?
0: I'll go Michigan 34, Indiana
1: 17. Okay. Um, I'm right along on those lines. I I would say Michigan 35, Indiana 17. Uh, Michigan's just, they're right in the thick of things in the playoff race. Uh, They're playing Good football all season. They had their hiccup against Iowa. They're going to be an angry team uh, for losing that game on a last-second field goal. Uh, I don't think there's much drop-off between O'Corn and Spate uh, in terms of um, what plays they're going to call or ability to run that offense. Maybe there's some throws, uh, deep balls that O'Corn just doesn't have the reps to, to do. Uh, Spate was very good at that. Uh, at throwing the deep ball, so maybe there there's a little bit of a drop off, but I don't think it'll be that much of a drop off where Indiana can really get the upset because of that. Um, the weather's going to play a factor. We'll see how Lego throws in that. It's going to affect the kicking game, uh, and it's par- probably as a kicker who's going through head head um, you know some mental issues, you know, kicking into eighteen to thirty mile an hour winds with some rain, it's probably not the, the ideal conditions that you want. Um, you know, who knows what Cliffy drops off of uh, if Oaks does miss the first one or two. So we'll see. I think, you know, 35, 35 17, uh the, the weather will slow him down on offense as well for Michigan, but there's just too much talent on, on Michigan for Indiana to overcome. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that those are – Reasonable predictions, uh, obviously. I'm not saying there's no chance, but it's it's a massive mountain decline. Yeah. Talks about stay healthy, I, improve that play, and get out of there and go to Purdue.
1: Yep. Well, Purdue comes to us, so we don't have sure. to go to West yeah. Lafayette, thank goodness. Uh, but I did prices <laughs> right you on the score, um, so – if it thirty-seven <laughs> seventeen, yeah, chuck yeah. That, that another one up for me. Uh, but anyway, that does it for our pregame show. Hopefully we'll be back with a historic victory on on Sunday. Um, and I'm not Ooh, frozen from that. being in the ra- – yeah, and I'm not super frozen from the, the radio booth uh, with the open windows. But uh, anyway, thanks for joining us. Come back to com. Often we'll have our matchup to watch. Later today, maybe early tomorrow, um, Alex is dealing with finals. So good luck to him uh, and the rest of IU students uh, who are starting to gear up for their uh, final exams of the semester. Uh, do remember uh, that the holiday season is coming up. If you're doing your shopping on Amazon.com, uh, please use our, uh, our link. Uh, we do get a referral bonus at no charge to uh, the buyer. The link right now is Tom Brew's um, On the Rebound book uh, with Todd Judlow. So click on that. It opens a 24-hour window uh, to Amazon where we get the referral bonus. If you're on a uh, laptop, it's going to be on the right side of your screen. Make sure your pop-up blockers are off. Um, If you're looking on your phone, it will be after all the content at the bottom. So uh, I want to thank you in advance for using the Amazon ad. It helps us a lot. It helps us with travel costs, uh, potentially getting to a bowl game as well, and, you know, you get good gifts for your friends. Um, as well, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle, and we'll be back on uh, Sunday or Monday with uh, with the post-game wrap-up, and then, then it's bucket week. It's I can't believe how fast this season has gone, T.J., Uh, But anyway, that does it for today's show. And we thank you for listening.
0: Welding instructor Alex
1: DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
0: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished.